This podcast contains adult language. DigitalDarren.com. Today is August the 22nd, 2020, and we are continuing our Darren Watches the Wire season. Go check out, we did seasons one, two, and three already. Go check those out. I think it's episodes 307, 306, and 304. And we also did a Darren Watches the Wire season zero, basically why I'm watching The Wire. That's on Patreon. Go check that out. And this is season four, and as always, I have my better half, the first lady of DigitalDare.com podcast doing it with me. And how are you doing today? I'm doing good. Thank you. Thank you. That's good. And season four was kind of your, you hyped up season four. Let's put it like Season light. four is my favorite. You love season three. Did season four top it for you? No. Oh, you said that fast. Season four is my favorite. So season four for me was... Going to the best restaurant and having a good meal, but not the best meal you ever had before in your life. Going to a restaurant that you thought was good. So you went to last week for date night. You and your significant other went to a restaurant that you heard about. And, you know, that people said it was OK, but it was the best meal you ever had. Mm-hmm. The next week is like going to a restaurant that everybody, the same people said this is the best meal they ever had. You went to it and it was a good meal, but it wasn't nowhere near the best meal you ever had. Mm-hmm. So that's what I felt about season four. And maybe because you hyped it up so much. I thought it's, I didn't hype it up. I just said season four is my favorite season. Well, I mean, you were so hype about it. I will say this. The thing that season four is, is better written than season three from the standpoint of like everything was much tightly tighter integrated like you didn't like one of the problems with the wires you have some stories that don't go anywhere or some like side stories that really don't even matter in totality or whatever whereas this season i thought all the side stories mattered more like everything was more impactful and kind of more interwound together or whatever mm-hmm. and so i will say that season four was better written but i don't think it it doesn't have a lasting impact because one because the more i think about it the wire is Springer Bell. Like I was looking at podcasts, not podcasts, excuse me. I, I was looking on my social media feed and one of the things somebody posted was called Meeting Other Minds and they had like Tony Soprano and like some of the iconic characters from some, like um, Walter White from um, Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad. Um, the guy from Mad Man, Dunn, I forget his name or whatever. It had iconic characters from like cable shows or whatever. And it was Stringer. And Stringer Bell was the wire representative or whatever. And so like. Whatever. I mean, he. he he is one of the most notable. Yes, I don't. So I don't know if you can ever but, be. But he gone. Yeah, but I don't know if you, I, I guess. And what I'm saying is, I don't know if you can ever have a seat. I don't know if you can ever be better than the season without Stringer Bell. Like you can't have. Ooh. A, I, I'm, I'm starting to and think as that. As hard as you go on Idris Elba, well, for him I, not being ish. I didn't say he went ish. I said he looks like everyday dude. I didn't say he went. Oh, well, we should do a podcast on that. Ladies and gentlemen, how Darren thinks him and his friends are on the level of Idris Elba. And I love my husband. You're great and fabulous and handsome. And I love everything. Not everything, but I love you dearly. 
But you're not Idris Elba. He looks like a regular dude. Like I, I'm a regular not, dude, but fine. Yeah, I say he's. I say he's built the way ladies want. But like him and To in the same category. You always go to. Do you have a crush on To? No, you girls always say To fine. You always go to To. Nobody says. First of all, that must have been ten years ago. Nobody out here saying To is fine. Well, whoever the new young version of To is, can not they girl just say fine? No, for like, you need to. Somebody like five two you or need five. To stop three. saying to seriously. Uh, so back to that. That makes you dated for real, for real. Probably. I don't know who the young person is now, but anyway, back to the wire. And I just like I said, I think it's a. I don't think you can have a season. I don't think no season without Stringer Bell can be better than the season with Stringer Bell. Granted, we only had two seasons without Stringer Bell, so and you know, but I really. I thought this season was better written than season three, even though I think season three was more iconic. I said season three is great. Season three, if I had to rank them, is my number two. But I love the boys in season four. And I literally love them. Like, I feel like I have a personal relationship. Randy, Randy. (laughs) So I thought that that was one of the things. This was the season I felt that was too short. Because I felt they touched on kind of and I don't know if season five is going to put a bow on those, but like it went, it went the most in depth with naming, right? Naming. But I still think it just jumped over kind of how he got from where he is to where he's going. So like, I think it showed pieces and it came at you. Like once he switched, like it kind of came at you fast. It wasn't a slow burn. Whereas Michael was too, so Michael was too slow of a burn, right? Like, it took so long to get Michael the way he was going. And then it kind of snapped to get the way he was going. I think they, Randy never got to that place. And I think that Dookie never got to that place. I think that the two who got to that place was Neiman, Neiman, excuse me, and Michael. And I think that almost like Goldilocks, one was too hot, one was too cold. Like, they didn't pace it right. And I think that I would have liked another episode or two to kind of add to the pacing of it. Well, and it actually had an extra episode because um, it was 13 instead of 12, like the other ones. But just to watch their stories and to see how young kids in the middle school age, as you're going from adolescence to, you know, a teenager, how important like that, that crossroads is and how each of those kids was born into a situation that they did not control and that situation was going to damn near dictate what they were going to become and who they're going to become. And it's very true and scary. Like, it's great if you come from something that's great and you come from, you know, wealth or a well-off family or education or, or something good. But if you're Duquan and you come from, you know, nothing and drug, you know, crackhead parents, like, what choices are you ever going to have in life? So I think that Andre Godala said, and you quoted best, that it's the best. Children pay for their parents' mistakes. And, you know, this was kind of the media representation of that. And to your point, like, Naaman, and we're going to talk about them. Naaman was born into this hood royalty type situation. And even though his mother was fatally flawed. I hate that bitch. The dad, Weebay, who we love, had enough character to kind of, when the options were prevent, presented for, for him, chose the right path for his son. And that shows such a level of maturity and love. And I cried on that episode. 
It makes me tear up just thinking about it because that's like real, real love. Yeah. And like, I think that the problem with season four is that they didn't show none of Naaman should have been in season one or two. Like, they should have, like, when D went to his house to, you know, change the, the fish. fish, like, they should have had at least Naaman running around because, like, it just dropped you that he had a kid. <laughs> like, but that's how y'all be in them streets not doing right. Yeah, yeah, but, like, that part of it wasn't, it wasn't even like Weebay was, like, inherently wrong. Like, he never mentioned the kid or anything. Like, and one of the things probably need to say, like, none of those cats mentioned the kid except for D. Like, and we talk about stereotypical black, I'm black, you know, the stereotypes. Like, you would think dope boys. Like, the only one they mentioned not having a kid was Avon. Basically, like, he don't have no kids, no nothing. You know what I'm saying? But, like, normally a cat like Avon, a cat like Stringle. Yeah, I agree. They could have thrown the kid in there. Like, a toy or something to be like, oh, yeah, I got a son. Yeah, be like, or even if they were like, yo, we been, how little man doing? You know what I'm saying? Like, not fat little man who hung with him, but how your little boy doing yeah. or whatever. Like, they, it just seemed like they dropped, especially with Naaman, who, like, is like retcon and, like, they kind of built it up. Like, they they created this storyline and said, okay, let's add to it. And they they put him in, they added, added him in. But he was the hood kind of expected to be something. And you said something about this when we first looked at it. You, like, one of the kids' dad is a superstar, is a hood superstar. And his mom, you basically gave. You told me about it before telling me about it in generalities. And, like, Naaman wasn't his dad. Like, Oh, I mean, one of the most of my iconic scenes when the mom tells him about himself, who I hate that bitch again, I remind. I mean, she calls him a punk and everything. Calls him a bitch and says that she he's nothing like Weebae. And the problem with her and why she is more than fatally flawed is she doesn't understand why him not being like Weebae is actually a good thing. And she puts so much respect and so much adoration on what Weebae was. And just like Weebae said when Bunny went to him, like, or after he went to him and he was, you know, talking to the mom, he's like, why would I want him to do? Like, who would want to be this? Like, I'm locked up for the rest of my life. Like, what's cool about this shit? Like, that bitch pisses me off so bad. So I think she was faded. Like, I would slap her if I seen her in real life. I think she faded with flawed, but, like, I think that that's so real because you have hood chicks who, like, and this is one of the things you hate Calhoun ideology on women, but this is, that is what you deal with where it's like, when you're young. I hope you're not dealing with that past when you're young. No, no, you deal with that up until the point that they've had, you know, Cujo Goody said this best on good on good enough. You don't want a dope boy, he's gonna leave you barefoot and pregnant. You know what I'm saying? Like until they get barefoot and pregnant two or three times, now it's the oh I want a good guy, oh this or that. When But she should have been learned. I and mean, the problem is that she's so damn self centered. The only thing she liked was that she was afforded in the lifestyle. And she never had to learn, right? Like she was still living Ben. She was able to live off Weebay name once he went to jail. Like, it ain't, again, the show can't go, so, it can only go so deep and out, right? But, like, she went out of town. She was living the life. They don't say if she was doing it with another guy or whatever, whatever. So, like, she, as long as Weebay credit card paying the bills, for lack yeah. of a better term. And she didn't care. And so she telling her son, first of all, she going out there getting Bodie to give him a package and put points on it and do this and. Like, what mom wants their freaking eighth grade son, let alone grown-ass man, to be selling drugs? Like, what? So you can afford this lifestyle? Like, that's sick. Yeah. So, like, Naaman was the one they spent the most time with, which I actually disagree with. 
Like, I'm going to get to who I think they should, uh, the kids who they should have spent the most time with. Then we come to Michael Lee. My favorite. I like Michael Lee. He's my favorite out the click. But again, Michael Lee starts off as a stand-up guy, like one of the guys you could... Taking care of his little take brother. Taking care of his little brother. Don't want no hand... Like Chris came to him. I see you don't want no handouts. When Chris was giving him... Like, hey, re- well, wise beyond his years. Wise beyond his years. And you have to be in that situation because it's implied that... Well, him and his brother have two different dads. And it's implied that the brother's dad physically assaulted him. And, you know, the mom, whatever reason he went to jail, the mom took him back. And that broke Mike. That's, that's what pushed Michael over the edge. It's the fact she took Buddy back. And, and Michael, in every way, shape, or form, has the heart that Naaman is supposed to have. Michael is the kid who is the leader. Like, take out race, take out everything. Any group, of, any clique of people, that person, whoever Michael is, is going to wind up being. He may not wind up being a leader because of the things he doesn't have, i.e. money, whatever, whatever. But he's always going to be looked at and respected. Like, and he ain't have to say much where Naaman just always ran his mouth. Yeah. And Michael was, I mean, he was most, he was the muscle, he was the heart, he was the soul. Like, he was so much of that group. Like, and he did other stuff like making Naaman by Dukio ice cream, treating Duke a part like he's a part of the clique. Mm-hmm. Taking up for Randy when he when, you know, the whole world was against Randy. Like those he was just a stand up guy. And one of my new top five favorite characters took note of that, Chris. I'm very high on Chris now. Well I told you when you saw Chris Parlow, I said, Oh, that's my boy. I like Chris. Snoop still I don't know if there's any more left to be said about her, but she just a she just born a rubber to Fred Flintstone kind of sort of like He's the man. I like Chris. Like, I really like Chris. But anyway. I mean, I fell in love with Chris when Michael didn't have to tell him anything. He 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 knew exactly what Michael was saying without Michael saying it. And knew exactly why he wanted that man out the Because Snoop was like, what do you, what did he do? What did he do to you? Yeah, Snoop what would do. What do you? you? Gotta yeah. do your Baltimore ease. I can't do that. But Snoop was still like. It didn't click to her because that's white privilege. That's non-molester privilege. It never dawned on her where Michael didn't have to say anything to Chris. Chris realized that because something had happened to him. Yeah. And the veracity of which he beat that man. And he told showed. me, like, you know what I, what it's like. And that's what set Chris off. Like, I do. And he put them hands on him. And you saw that emotion come out of him. And that, and that I mean, I'm a big Chris fan. So, Chris saw something in Michael. And that led down the road of Michael becoming a BG killer, a BG, a baby gangster, a BG killer, whatever you want to call it. And I think that's such a disappointing turn for Michael because Michael showed promising, we're going to get the prayers in more in detail, but prayers wind up being the teacher. Michael won his students. And Michael was one of the students who showed interest in, like... And was smart. And was smart. And prayers brought it to... A, Prayers taught him in a, le- in a language he could understand, and Michael started to pick it up. So, but you see how Michael went down that path. Prez saw that something was wrong with him. Like, he wasn't participating, he wasn't whatever, and he's like, Michael, you can talk to me. Like, you know, tell me. But Michael, because of the school system and the brokenness of it, and like, you know, when he was talking about Randy, when they were talking to all the boys about, like, could you go to the social worker, the guidance counselor, and how they were a joke, that system was broken. Had that system not been broken, Michael would have been comfortable enough to share with a teacher, with a guidance counselor. But because he didn't have enough faith in that broken system, he had to go outside of those lines. And because he went outside of those lines, now he's hooked into life 
that who knows if he's ever going to get out of. Like, that crossroads was so important to the rest of his life. It defines his life, right? It does. And it was because he didn't have faith in a system. Like, he had every opportunity to tell his teacher or to tell someone else. He even asked it. And for someone like him to even consider doing that was a big deal. And he even asked his friends. And the friends were like, they're a joke. Like, what are you talking about? And the sad thing about it was Presbo actually, Presbo cares, right? Like, and that's kind of the evolution of Presbo throughout this. And we can touch on him real quick. He starts as a teacher, you know, and like anything, you start at one point and you learn to grow and care for these people who you see every day, right? Like it's human nature. Like he had a hard time getting through to him. Once he got through to him, he got through to him. And the ones who, the ones who he took to, he cared about. And Michael was one of the ones he cared about. And so I think it's, one of the things that is hard for Michael to realize that Presbo, like you can't connect those dots, right? Like they see Presbo as a former cop, mm-hmm. but they don't think, but you're not thinking he's a former cop. Like he could really help me out in this situation. You know what I'm saying? And so like, it's just like things you think of in your mind, you don't bring them together. Like you don't harm not bring those together. And I think that that was one of the things to your point that like you, Michael couldn't really connect the dots. He could have got real help from Presbo. Like, not guiding counsel help because he's a 10, I mean, 11, 12, 13 year old kids, right? Like, he's not gonna get guidance. Like, he's thinking he's just gonna get guidance counsel help from Presbo. When Presbo really could have went and did more, and he would have did more, that's kind of how I took the show. Like, he actually cared, he actually went outside of the lines of the normal lines of communication. Like, he talked to Carl or he talked to mm-hmm. Bun, you know, whatever, you know what I'm saying? So, I think that he could have really helped him. It's actually sad to see because, like, Michael's like Anakin. And Darth Star Wars, Darth Vader. So Darth Vader was the chosen one. He, you know, had all these things, and he wound up going to the dark, dark side for the same reason, right? Like he didn't believe in the Jedi system no more. Like they didn't, tr- he didn't trust them, and it led him to the senator. And the senator to use that gave him false promises and lured him to the dark side. The same thing with Michael and Chris. Poor young Padawan. Huh? <laughs> That's his Padawan, like. You know, Michael has a lot. Like, Michael is a born natural talent kid. System lets him down. The dark, dark side comes calling. He turns to them. And now yeah, they that was, that was the only way he had to turn because he didn't trust his teachers. And sadly, you see them with Cuddy, another one of your favorite characters. He was very leery of Cuddy because of his background being molested. Like, he didn't know, you know, he, he never had a grown man just care for, you know, him. And so, like, that's why he got out the van. Like, he didn't want Cuddy to know where he lived at or try anything with him. He didn't feel comfortable, especially when Cuddy was over-sexualized with the women. So, like, he just had nobody to, you know, be able to turn to. The only people he could turn to were literally killers. So, the sad ballad of Michael. Let's leave it like that. I love their liking. I, I like Michael. Like, I like Michael and Chris. But I think that what was him, I think what happened to him was sad. I think that you know, out of all these kids, I think kind of the most interesting and the one they didn't de- dive into the most the, as much as they should have probably was Randy. Why do you keep saying Randy? Randy. But um, I thought Randy was. Why do you say like the principal, the vice principal? <laughs> Is it funny? But that wasn't his name in the vice principal. What was it called? Um, Gamba. Yeah, Gamba. <laughs> Gamba. Uh, so I think that. For me, what one of the things was was fucking Belinda Brown. <laughs> I think that Randy was 
they hit on some good points with Randy, but they didn't have a chance to clearly define Randy. I would agree. I would definitely agree. You could spend a lot of time on Randy. Yeah, but he was a very interesting character. And like they just with on some cast like that, you just don't have the time, right? Like they just don't have the time to give everybody the time they need. Like such a businessman and so smart and so all of these things, and you just see how one, you know, bad decision. A team, a kid decision. Oh yeah. It, it wasn't even that serious, right? But, like, you know, you're involved in something in school. You don't want your parents to find out. So you're willing to tell them everything you know. And then before you know it, your house is getting burned up and kids are beating you up, calling you a snitch. Like, what? But it goes back to, like, he didn't want to go back to a foster home. And at the end, when they do the montage, they show you why he don't want to go back to a foster home. He the littlest one in the They kicking his ass and, like... I think that rent the one of the most iconic. I won't say. Shout out to Keisha Lance Bottom for adopting four kids because that scene makes like adoption is needed. People like. I think that one of the things that shocked me, or not shocked me, but one of the great lines, undercover great lines, was when he told Carver, "Hey, you tried. Yeah, don't blame yourself." That's so sad. Why is a kid giving a grown ass (laughs) man a pep talk? Like, of why why you're going to be okay. Like, I'm strong enough. I got this. And Carver is about to cry. Like, you're about to cry. This is touching to me. So. I, I'm telling you, I love these little kids. When it comes to season five, you're definitely going to see me cry. So, I, I, I just wish, with Randy, I just wish they would have spent time on him. Because he was very interesting. They just didn't spend no time on him. And then we get the Dookie. Duquan. Duquan. Another kid, Duquan and Michael share a lot of commonalities. Like parents on dope. Really out here taking care there's of themselves. There's a difference. I mean, so one's a leader, one's a follower, No, right? but there's a difference even in their parents. Like, Michael's mom's definitely a crackhead. And I'm not going to say she's a functioning crackhead. But she's not... Duquan comes from, like, a whole family of crackheads. Like, he comes from... I don't even know if there's a hierarchy to crack... Crackheads, but like he comes from the worst of the worst of the worst. Michael Mama isn't selling the clothes off his back, whereas the corn family is selling the clothes off his back. Like, yes, Michael Mama sells stuff because she sold the food stamps and all that, but like it's some of the stuff she is like, yes, and maybe because Michael is strong enough to say no, isn't it's left, it's not they don't explain it to you, but one's they both are low, but one takes it to another level. Like, for example, they probably both live in public housing. But Michael's mom's going to go and re-up where Duquan's parents aren't going to re-up. I'm not going to say, I don't even know if it's parents, like who, who the situation is. And that's, they getting evicted. Like they not, they not doing nothing the way you're supposed to do. There's no sense of stability. There's no sense of anything. There's, there's nothing for him to latch on to. And Prisbo comes to say the day again. I know giving him a locker and a shower and washing his clothes. Like, good God, that man was a great teacher. Like, that must have took so much out from out of him. And, like, the one other teacher tells him, like, next year you're going to have a whole nother class of Duquans and Randys. And, like, you know what I mean? Like, you can't get attached to these kids because next year you're going to have the same. I can't imagine being a teacher. I would never make it. I'd be, like, trying to adopt these kids, take them home with me. So we have friends who are teenage teachers. And one of them in particular does a really good job of staying with the kids. And she... I'm not going to say she had those situations, but it's kids who, like, they were both 10, 15 years into teaching who they've gravitated toward, who are grown now, who, like, 
you know, where they, I don't want to say random Daquan, but the kids who they had special attachments to. And like, it's certain ones in every year you're going to have a special attachment to. Then, like everything else, some going to stay in touch somewhere and you just go on and see them again. But it's some going to stay in touch. And like, I think that that's, that's what it was. I think that I want to talk more about the failings of, sc- of the school system when we get to one of the other storylines. Because I think that this storyline and kind of what happens to naming talks about the failure of the school system in general and like that full circle. Yeah. And that's what the whole, I mean, the, the, the season's about, um, that, I mean, really. And I'll say like one of the people on my kickball team, she became so close to someone in her class. She like literally adopted her. Like she's her mom. Like it wasn't like when she was in her class, it was years later. They, they became, you know, still were close and blah, blah, blah. And she ended up adopting her. Like that's her kid. That's a, that's a needed thing. That's amazing. So, and it speaks to both of their characters. Good things to their characters. So, like, I think that Presbo's thing was he got attached too quickly. And I think that it's interesting because Presbo, if you go to season one, is Presbo just saw how, like, I don't think he understood the black. I think he was just dropped into a situation and just treated blacks. It's kind of like you talk about blacks are the bad guys. We're the good guys or whatever. And like, I think that this is, I don't say that. Like, let's not say the gents are that. Touche. But like, no, no, I'm saying your your people trying to kill me. Touche. Your people, not black people, but like your friend. (laughs) I understand. So like, I think that what I'm saying is like, Presbo had this one outlook or whatever. And I think that him becoming the teacher showed him, a different side of it. But that's exactly why there has to be diversity of experiences because it's not surprising that people are racist when they don't have to deal with other races. Like, because your whole entire um, thought process or perception of someone is based off of media or, you know, what somebody told you, which is definitely not accurate. So, like, if you're a white person and you never met a black person and on TV, all it shows is there's like robberies and rapists and blow. No shit. You're going to think that the same way with black people. If you never went to school or never worked, you know, with a white person and all you see on TV is how they're racist and treat you differently and will take advantage and blah, blah, blah. Like that's what you're going to think too. That's why it's important that people get experiences with each other to see, okay, not all, not saying that there aren't people who fall into these categories, but that, the majority of people are not like that, and that's wrong. Yeah. So, do you want to keep talking about the kids? Do you want to go to another storyline? Well, I just love the kids. The kids are definitely, you know, the the heart and soul of this this season with the backdrop of the school system and how it's a failure. Well, let's stay on that because that lead us into my favorite character. Okay. Bunny. <laughs> Gambit. They bring Bunny in, and Bunny and ne- Bunny. And naming and naming oh eventually tied it to help right. So like Bunny comes in and he wants the worst they it's a college program that's basically trying to for um study. Study the worst of the worst kids, right? And why are they like this, blase this, blase this. And they want to go to the corner and get some kids. And thank God for Bunny, because Bunny was like And they wanted teenagers. They wanted teenagers. Bunny was like you want to go younger rather than older because once they're in the streets, they're in the streets. And he had to show them that, you know, to say like, hey, because they wanted like 18 and up. And so he was like, no, you, he like, you trying to need to get 11, 12s and 13s. And he had to prove to him why you need to get 11, 12s and 13s. So it leads naming to Bunny. And in this special class is, you know, it's a whole bunch of acting out and kids just 
these are the worst of the worst kids. And for whatever reason, they had some fam home issues, like naming some maybe crack babies. I mean, they said they had like all sorts of like psychological, like the one lady in there was like naming all the different disorders these kids suffer from. Yeah. And it didn't matter to Bunny. Bunny just went old school, right? Like, hey, these are little people. I'm going to treat them like little people. You're, not, you're a human, but you're not a grown person like you think you are. Yeah, he was used to dealing with the bullshit. Everybody else was so shocked, like, oh, shit. Because the way they would talk to them, like, they would just cuss them the fuck out. And, like, like, and you'd be like, oh, a little kid said that was a bunny. Like, okay. And, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, and so, but part of that is one bunny was from the hood. And, because even, Cuddy's old girlfriend handled them kind of the same way, right? Like, mm-hmm. if you go in there and be like, it's, they know they got you right, you know what I'm saying? So, like, part of what Bunny did was just, he gave it to him real. He gave him an honest, you know, an honest, a honest outlook on life. And he kind of tailored their education to what they knew, right? So, like, they weren't really listening to learning new skills and new things. They were just... Yeah, he was just trying to get them to function and cooperate. Like, yeah, like he, they were 20 steps back from a normal classroom. Yeah, so, like, his, it wasn't even about what's X... X Plus Y squared. It was more so about how can we get these motherfuckers to sit in here for and and not kill each other. Yeah, and And it was only three of them really out of the whole class that were even. Well, I think that's just a three day. No, I think it was like three out of the whole like class that were functional. Yes, name that had a hope. The girl Zenobia, and then that man that was literally a grown ass man. Like if he tried to ask me on a date, I would have probably said yes. Meanwhile, he's like 11. What about the little boy who killed cursing? He was like, no, nah, I want to do good. Oh, he would. I wish I remember the one scene because he cussed that lady out. Oh. <laughs> but he, he, Bunny got to him where it's like, hey, I want to do good. And I think that, like you said, those three, they showed that they had ability, right? Like they showed that they could function with a normal class. And, you know, you can't. And this kind of go back to your thing, press, but you can't do that for every kid because you just don't have the time to invest in every kid like that. So, like, it just happened to be Naaman was the one who caught his eye. And fast forward to what you were saying, he wind, he finds out Naaman is the son of Weebay, goes and talks to Weebay. Basically, all this. Well, first he sees that Naaman comes from a broken home. Not even broken. But the fact that Naaman. Got in trouble by a carver. It was about, you know, either getting locked up. The mom was in Atlantic City spending all whatever little money she had from WeeBase. Blah, blah, blah. And when he comes over there, she's not upset about what happened. She's upset like, you done brought this policeman to my house and you done got caught. Like, you dumb Put him in baby booking. Yeah, put him in baby. Put, put his punk ass in baby booking. Like, that right there was like, oh shit! Like, no wonder this kid got problems. Like, this is his mama. I think that blew Bunny's mind. Yeah, especially when he could see that the kid, you know what I mean. And at the, I think at that point, you know, um, Naaman had been crying. Remember when he was in with Carver? Like, you know, he broke down a little bit. Like, you saw, like, he ain't want to be like that. Yeah. And you see when um, what's his name? Um, beat him up. The high boy outside of Cuddy's. Oh, Sherrod. Sherrod, yeah. Um, you know, he... he Cuddy was, said it best. Cuddy said, you, you, when Cuddy was describing, he was like, the boy ain't got his dad's heart. Yeah. I mean, he could have just described him best. Like, the boy think he bad, but he don't have his dad's heart or whatever. And so, that's what it was. Oh, name it. Thank God for Bunny. 
And thank God for a dad that selfish, selflessly loved his son. Agreed. So that led Bunny to go talk to Weebay. Explain to Weebay, hey, your son, is, he acts a fool, but he has talent. You have he to. He could be anything he wants to be. He can be more than this. Yeah. Not wanting to be on the corner selling a package for fucking Bodie. So, Shout out to Bodie. Yeah, we'll get to Bodie. So Weebay sees that. Prescott Brothers. And does the right thing. And now it comes back to fast forward at the end of the season. Bunny is adopted. Mm-hmm. For lack of a better term, name. Which is amazing. Which is a good story. We need to be on these applications and go adopt us a little kid. <laughs> <laughs> so. Oh, shout out to the one kid we skipped. The, we talk about. Oh, Randy. Donut. My boy Donut. And his car thieving ass. He was so cute with his little braids, little plaits. Like, I wish they would have gone into him. I wish he was the fifth member of the band. Like. Yo, what? They only stopped at four. He was like four. And he but he was, was like a possible. Like he, well, he was affiliated with the click. So he wasn't in the click, but he was affiliated with the so click. So strong. And he was so funny to me. I wish he was a bigger part. Like, I liked his character a lot. Yeah. So he, he one of the people who, when they do a group album, they'll feature him on two or three songs. Mm-hmm. You may see him at the club with a mirror once in a while, but he not dumb or whatever. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So shout out to Donut. I like Donut, too. I'm gonna look him up. I wonder what his um, real like does, it, does he have? Because you know, um, Michael is like a legitimate. Um, I know Randy's a legitimate rapper. Like I'm talking about actor, don't I? Michael Lee. Yes. What else he done been on? I told you this. I look it up afterwards. So, all right. He I, he even, he's a rapper too. That's the funny part. Who donut? No, or Michael Lee. Michael. Yeah, his name's Tristan Wilds. <laughs> he got like a. I'm sure you've seen him before. He was on 90210 for a little bit, but go ahead. So, a donut from the wire. <laughs> anyway, do you want to talk Carchetti? You want to talk Carchetti? Carchetti. They're going to be messing these people's names up. Let's talk Carchetti because my favorite seat person of the season was Norm. Yeah, you do like his little sidekick. Norm was. She. When they were messing with Clay David. Car- Carchetti, he finally gets his crown. Mm-hmm. But he realized all the problems that come with the crown. I think it shocked him all the problems that came with the crown, right? Like, he spent half of the season trying to get the crown. The other half, he got the crown, trying to put out the fires that came with the crown. Mm-hmm. And I think that one of the th- one of the fundamental flaws with Carcetti is that he's always, he wasn't satisfied. Like, Prince says, she's never satisfied. Like, he got the mayor, and then they somebody dangled the character, the governor being in front of him. Yeah, and then he all, like, he started He's like, off, fuck being the mayor. Like, he started off with noble intentions. Damn, that kid's 28, Donut. That makes me feel old. <laughs> Sorry. You can date him. He's born the day after Christmas. He's from Maryland. Okay, go ahead. Keep going. So, like, I think that, like, all they had to do was dangle the next big character in front of Carcetti, and it, it was over for him. Because he came selling a big... He came, his heart was pure, right? Yeah, and then it just got corrupted by this. It's crazy. Everything just corrupts you. Well, it wasn't even corrupted by the normal things that corrupted. Like, he was just corrupted by power, right? Like, and more that's power. that's what those people get. Like, that's the problem with positions of power. You get hungrier and greedier. More money, more problems. You get a little bit, you want more. Yeah, but the funny thing about Carcetti is that he has a vision for his city. And like he leaves, 
he leaves a lot of people dangling him in that. He leaves Rawls dangling for a position. He has Daniels kind of dangling with some hope. And it's kind of like he liked the guy in the elevator who fought and walk out and leave the, on the next floor and leave everybody there with the stink. Like, Bill done came. I mean, um, what's his name? Not Bill. Um, the one who always gets screwed by everybody. But he came back saying, hey, you're going to have to fry me instead of... Oh, Burrell? Burrell, yo. Burrell comes back with a vengeance. So, like, it's just a whole bunch of things. And Carcady is just like, well, I'll see you guys later. I think I can be governor now. You know what I'm saying? So, like, that's his fatal flaw. I really now we can talk about the street stuff. I think that was the most interesting part of. It. I think the kids were interesting, and then the street stuff. Really? Yeah. What would you say was set? What would you if you had to write the storylines? What would you say were the best storylines? I mean, definitely the kids for sure. I mean, Carcetti's definitely important because it ties into everything, right? Like you see, he has all these hopes and dreams, and he wants to fix the police, but he can't fire a black police commissioner because it's a black city and he's white and he pissed the city council lady off and then the school system is he learned like 55 million dollars in, in the debt. hole so now like that's gonna be effed up like everything's just effed up and piling on his plate and it's like how am i supposed to do anything with that and then the street stuff i said the most important like the best part of me with the street stuff is how your boy at the end lesser that figures it all out. Like, that's the best part to me. It is, but I think getting there was interesting, right? So, like... It was a slow build. It was. It was a slow burn. But, like, Chris and Snoop are putting bodies all around the city in vacants. Come on, it won't hurt. I'll be easy, boss. Marlo is coming up. Prop Joe is... I hate... I do not like Marlo. But that's just me. Marlo's coming up, right? Like, however he's doing it, he's doing it. He has the bustle to come up. Prop Joe them are just tiptoeing around doing what Prop Joe does. This co- New Day co-op is Marlo done killed off the competition for them. And so, like, they now getting back to making money. Meanwhile, Lester with Carcetti Car- become... Carcetti likes Daniels. Gives Daniels basically the keys to the city. Daniels rebuilds major crime. Let's walk through it. What he told Lester, as far as I'm concerned, you are major crimes, right? So, like, he gives an inquisitive motherfucker a science kit. And, like, Lester just takes it and runs with it, right? Like, mm-hmm. where are my bodies? Where are my bodies? Or whatever. And they use the information Randy gives them to kind of find out vacants, right? So, like, they, that's the, that's how they get to where they're getting to, right? You know what I'm saying? That's how the stuff kind of ties together. And Lester comes up with a theory. Certain type of screw means his bodies. And, of course, it's Lester, so you're right, right? So now they've piled up. I mean, they said it was more bodies than, like... It was, like, 30. Yeah, like, Chris and Snoop been putting them down for real. You know what I'm saying? And so, like, I think that that part... And then Omar going off it, going on his one-man war, right? Like, Omar doing Omar things. And who knew it was such a supply of homosexual thugs? <laughs> Light-skinned homosexual thugs. It seemed like Omar has I, a type. My, my least favorite is this season's lover. Omar's <laughs> lover, the Spanish boy. Understand how you creeping and stalking people in a cab, like a yellow cab. Like, how is that? That nothing about that is incognito. And he seen the less gangster out of all of them. Like the one who got killed, the first seen gangster, less gangster. But like Brandon seemed the least gangster. Oh, but they pull off that that huge caper, um, hitting the uh, what you call it? Not even hitting the, the, rehab, hitting the um, yeah, the shipment. <laughs> I mean, they took millions. 
You heard what that girl said. I ain't got to do this no more. He said, yeah, just sell it slow because once they yeah. see it. <laughs> that was crazy. So, and then he got the nerve, Omar, to sell it back to Prop Joe. Prop Joe. So the problem with Prop Joe, I love Prop Joe, but you're going to make so many propositions, right? Like you can't, he has the problem you have. You can't keep everybody happy all the time. I have that problem. Yeah, you try to please everybody. And so you have to screw some like you have to not please somebody, right? And I, I like when they call him fat man. I, I like. I mean, I understand why you guys do that, right? Like in the perfect world, we could all eat together, right? But we can't all eat together because I don't like. Bible. You're nicer than I am. I don't know why. I'm more positive and. Sometime I but you try to please everybody. I'm not a please everybody person. I just don't involve myself. In but that. yours. Nice. Yeah, nice and pleasing everybody. I am, but pleasing everybody and nice are two different things. So, like, you, Prop Joe was in this trying to please everybody thing. Granted, everybody had a gun in his face, so at the time, so I understand why he's doing this, but like, he sold Marlo out to Omar. That's how they get robbed, right? This now Marlo wants revenge and. You know, Omar goes to jail. Blase this, blase that. Right? I mean, yeah. How many times did you think your boy was gonna die? It's so many seasons. I mean, t- episodes, y'all, where Darren's voice gets high pitched. She's like, "Oh no, not my boy! Not Omar! I'm not gonna get Omar!" And I just be giggling because <laughs> you know the full thing. Mm-hmm. Like when he went to jail and the and the dude pulled like, out. Don't shot. tell me he go out like this. No, like don't let him go out like this. He give him the shake. Shout out to Butchie. <laughs> then when the dude come to kick his ass, he had a shake. Mm-hmm. Thank God Omar makes it out. Then he goes to prop Joe. I'm thinking Method Man finna kill him because M E T H O D Man is looking like he wanna kill him. Then when they rob the shipment. Shout out to Method Man. He's also one very attractive man. You probably think he looks every day. He does. Method Man's very attractive. What? Like he looks normal. There you go, Chapter's voice. He look like again, these aren't people who don't look normal. So a- anyway. Back to that. They robbed the package. I'm assuming somebody got to kill him. Like, they even bring the Greek back in for uh, It wasn't the package. Like, it was, it was the, the shipment. It was bigger it was than the like, package. Yeah. It the was, shipment. So, and nobody like, ever got right. It was trucks. It's like, like a truck. And the essays were with them. And, like, it just, they had to bring the Greek that back was in my for all this. Season, though, when the chick was like, uh, something, something pussy. It, like, when she did her little song with her little crackhead dance, that was funny to me. <laughs> And like Omar just doing Omar things. He off the chain, right? Like Omar, the Robin Hood of the ghetto, finally gets the score he needs. But it still ain't good enough for Omar. That's the problem. Omar's never satisfied. Like he don't want to take his money and ride off into the sunset. That's all he. It's more than just money to him. Exactly. It's a. It's like a hobby. It's who he is. Mm-hmm. Like it's an itch he can't scratch, right? And so, like, that's that leads Chris them to robbing all old face Andre, killing the lady, saying Omar did it. That's how he got to jail. That's how he got this situation. So Omar goes to bump, or however bump comes to it, and Omar's like, look, I didn't kill that lady. And whoever killed this is killing everybody. Basically, if you want your job to be easy at some point, you need to let me get out. Mm-hmm. And this is how it ties to everything. Some I'm surprised it wasn't a reckoning between Omar and Chris. Because it seemed like the Michael Jordan of killers and the LeBron of killers would go against each other at some point in time. I do really like Bunk and Omar's relationship, though. Because Bunk calls him on his shit. And in a way that Omar respects and gives him insight. Because 
Omar does walk around like he's the Robin Hood and there's nothing wrong with being the Robin Hood, but there's still something fundamentally wrong. Like people are still dying. Yeah, and I think whether they're good people or bad people in your mind. Yeah, and so like I think what he he respects Monk because they're from the same neighborhood, right? Like he We all been down this road. Like we all as a ninth grader, you may see a twelfth grader who you like, man, that dude cool or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Imagine that dude going to be a respectable citizen. Like, you don't even gotta be nothing big, but like and you come out and you're not a respectable citizen, right? Like you go so you look at that dude and it's think is you may not like him, but there's still some level of respect for him, right? And like I think that and when you meet the dude, the dude is, you know, just as straight up or whatever as you remember. Like I do think it's a thing to be respectful for. And like you said, Bunk can call him out on it because he respects Bunk and he knows that, you know, Omar understands the police are doing it. Theoretically, the police are meant for the good of the people. Like, I think he understands, like, cops are good guys, robbers are bad guys. Like, at a very simple layer, right? You know what I'm saying? I think he understands that. And he understands that he's a bad guy. You know what I'm saying? But I think he also says that, hey, even though I'm a bad guy, I can do good. And that's what Bunk is like, kind of hold up. Your bad leads to more bad, and people are dying regardless of what you good you mm-hmm. think you're doing. Like, kids are wanting to be you, and that's not a good thing. And I think that Omar understanding cops and robbers, for lack of a better term, understand that it isn't a good thing. He does feel bad. But I don't think, I think that Bunk has to show him that. I think, yeah, I think for, that, you know, agree. I thought he was above reproach in some ways. Agree, but I don't think. McNulty, King. No, they couldn't have told him. Nobody else but Bunk could have told him. The only person who probably could have got through to him was Butchie, but that's kind of another bad guy, right? Like, Butchie's just like him, right? Like, hey, Robin Hood kind of guy. So, I think that that was one, that was probably, Carcetti was interesting when he got, it was interesting, but I think that the street stuff was the second most interesting besides the kids. I'm glad you like Chris, though, because I like Chris. I really like Chris. Like, that's, and, you know, that's my favorite thing. So, it's come 45 minutes. Do, can you think of anything else about this season that we need to talk about? No, I mean, you just see, a, you, we didn't talk a lot about, we did talk about Carcetti, but not, like, in depth about the whole political and all the stuff that you see with Clay and just the tangle web politicians weave. Well, I think that, again, Clay Chi Davis is who he is, right? And like one thing about him, he he is who he is. So everybody in position in who's been around knows him from Lev, Levy to um Avon's lawyer when he helped hold strong. You should have told me to Norman. Like these are people who just been around and like know his game. Know that he's always coming with one trick for two. He what he told me he said I could have got you for more or whatever. Yeah, and then Norman was like he 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 skipped you on the short play to set you up for the long play or something like that. Like they everybody knows Clay Davis game or whatever. And everybody I think that everybody in there knew how politics work, right? Like they were saying, I think Carcetti I think he so you know how you understand stuff in theory but not in practice, right? So I think he understood that hey I'm a white guy trying to win a black a mayorship in a black city. Like I think he understood that in theory but then practically understand that meant that hey once you get this power is cut off at some points because you are the white guy trying to do stuff in the black city. Like you can't just come in and paint the town however you want it. Like even like could like firing Burrell. 
Like, he never wanted to replace Burrell with Ross. He wanted to replace him with Daniels, right? But, like, you can't just promote Daniels over everybody. Like, I think there was certain them things, like... It was a great season for Daniels. He done came up. And that's what his girlfriend was saying. Like, basically jumped three places in line almost or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think... That's why people become haters. Yeah, but that's how you get in trouble, right? Like, and then this thing would be, like, if you fire Burrell just to replace him with Daniels, you could have just... But you see how many haters he got off of that when... Daniels was doing the right thing the right way. I mean, he just got quick success where the people who were willing to, you know, sell their mama out were hating on him. That's the problem with the world, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, the thing about the cops, they he was talking to two regular cops and he was like, and he was like, what did they think of Daniels? And like, you know, they just said he's not as bad as some, not as good as others, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, I think that even Rawls, even when he asked Rawls, he was like, Daniels is a good cop or whatever. Like, even though he plays, basically tries to say he plays politics, but he's a good cop. Right? You know what I'm saying? I think that we don't live in a world where somebody can just give a compliment, right? Because like, like, it's the old adage, you want to hear somebody that's doing good, but you don't want to hear they're doing better than you, right? You know what I'm saying? But like, Daniels played by the rules. Like, he wasn't, he wasn't coming in here openly campaigning for none of their jobs. It just happened that you know, he was doing the right thing in the right time and the right person. But you so, know who was planting all the seeds as far as, like, Rawls <coughs> and stuff go? Who? Valchuk. The biggest hater and petty. Oh, yeah, Stanley. Like, the petty man of the hour. <laughs> well, he the one who told Rawls, like, you really, like, he, yeah. he got Rawls up this tree or whatever. So, yeah, I mean, he was used masterfully. Like, he just come in and be the little petty guy that he is. They just mm-hmm. used him just for that one time. And it set off a chain of events or whatever. So I think that that was the least interesting. But it gave me the, my favorite character of this season. So, like, what storylines? If you had to say, what were your favorite storylines? By far the boys. There's hand down. What, like, what's second out this season? I mean, I don't even really have a second. It's like the boys and then it's, so, it's the others. It's Diana Ross. And they the like so. I say my favorite is the boys, but streets are really close to the boys. But again, and then far down the line is Carchet. Carchet. I will say the one thing we didn't talk about related to the streets is R.I.P. I'm gonna say R.I.P. Bowden. I mean, they let him go out the right way for him. I'm still so sad. Like he was such a a constant. But it was smart to kill him off, though. It was, I mean, I guess for the storyline, but you had somebody who... It advanced somebody else's... So it's like, going back to Star Wars, one of the things the Emperor tells Anakin is like, I raise people up so you can kill them off. So basically, you can kill them off and be stronger and get to your next level. And so that's what happened with Bodhi. Like, he was raised off so the Anakin of the wire could go to the next level. But Bodhi had, like, you know... It was rules and regulations and whatever to the, the bark sale, like, and to Stringer and that they went by. And they were decent people. Like, you know what I mean? He's like, why he have to kill them? Like, you know what I mean? Like, why? It, it don't make no sense. He wasn't snitching. He wasn't doing anything wrong. But I always, but when you go back, I want to go back to what Poop said. They can't take any chances. Like Poop, he like the same thing with we did with Wallace. The, yeah, one of my the podcasts I watched says Poop's like the smartest guy on the wire. Like low key, I'm like I don't know about that at all. But I mean, he don't have enough 
time to really like he don't put in enough. But like he sees everything that that others should see, but for some reason don't see. Well, maybe that hasn't come out this far. Like this was the only profound thing Poop his duck said. I guess as it relates to Wallace, like when Bodie was struggling, Poop, Poop, stuck, yeah. Poop stepped in. But like these are the only two but scenes. I, I like I like Bodie a lot. He's one of my favorite. Well, I told you when I first saw, I said, I don't know who he is. I said, the Bodie guy, I said, I like him. But, like, as you said the best, he's always been constantly likable. And part of part of his downfall was his loyalty to the Barksdale organization. Mm-hmm. And he couldn't evolve outside of the streets. Like, he, Bodie was one of the few people who started as a corner boy, still was a corner boy, excuse me. And, like, at any other job, you should have had a promotion at some point, right? Like, well, he did have a promotion. Like when he was working with D'Angelo, he was just whatever—not lookout, but like he was—I don't even know what the right terminology is. He was more than a hopper, more than a hopper, but not you know anybody. He was running his own crew on the corner, so he did advance for sure. And he was in the towers at one point, but then they lost the towers, so there was growth. I don't think there was. He had stepped it up. Do you think he would get points on the package? Not well, from in, order, in order to give Naaman points on the package, he had to have points on the package. How would he give somebody something he ain't got? Marlo didn't know somebody. Don't, they don't give be him hating both. on Bodie. Don't be hating. Marlo them treated him with no respect. So I understand why he did do, like, basically he wound up snitching, right? Like, we could say what we want to. He wound up snitching to McNulty. And by happenstance, somebody just happened to see him with me. No, that's how this. He should have been smarter than that, but whatever. But he, I mean, he was by emotion. You said the best they kill, kill. Like he, he didn't understand that they were killing people. Like he said the best they were killing people just to say they were killing people. But poop right? No, they have to. Like it was that conversation was, you know, it wasn't. It was profound, but it wasn't iconic. If that make any sense? Like poop. Like no, that's what it's the same thing we did with Wallace. Like, Except for one person was snitching and the other one wasn't. I mean, Bodie wound up snitching, right? Like, Big Boy wound up, Big Boy wound up being too close to the sun. Now, Bodie could feel bad because he sent him down that path of, you know. That's where I think it lies. Yeah, he may feel guilty, but ultimately, they're doing what anybody's going to do in that case, right? Hey. R.I.P. Bodie. Just like Casino, right? Like, when them old men, were, when they were like, hey, he's a good kid, he's not going to tell. And the old men were like, why take a chance? And they start killing all the other old men. Like, in that game, that's what it is or whatever. So, like, it was just amazing Bodie missed that when he lived that almost or whatever. So, R.I.P. Bodie, uh, he deserved R.I.P. I think that he was a tier one character at the bottom of tier one, but a tier one character. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna wrap it up like we always do. Top five characters from this season. Hmm. Definitely Michael. I should like prepare for this, but I never think about it until you tell me. Um mm, probably Michael, Chris, Naaman. Bubbles Bunny. I can't let go of my boy Bubbles. We didn't even talk about Bubbles. Okay, I was going to say, let's go on and talk about Bubbles. Oh, this was a rough season for my boy. He was getting effed up by the crackhead beater. I don't even know what that dude's name was. Just beating on him. Then he ha- tried to take revenge on the crackhead beater and come up with this whole plan to poison him. And then 
Richard actually comes back. Sherrod. That's his name. I was like, Richard don't sound right. Sherrod. And then that didn't work out. And he cared for that boy and killed that boy because that boy took his drugs. And then it was just bad. Like, I don't see how you like this scene so much. And as good as the kids were, I don't think it that was. It was, bad was just as bad. It was it was bad. It was bad. Nah, man, just as much as you like the kids, it's been as much as how you hate what happened to Bubbles. I do hate what happened to Bubbles, but I do. I don't even know what the butt would be. Like, that's why I was surprised you loved this season so much. Because, like, as much as you love what happened to the kids, I would think you hated what happened to Bubbles. Because he took that, like, losing the child. Like, he felt like he killed that boy. He tried to kill himself. Mm-hmm. He did. And, like, he just want to, he don't want to live no more. Well, who would after you had your hand in the someone you care about's death? Agree, but I'm just saying, like, that's ultimately. Well, Bubbles will persevere. He's strong. Well, I hope that's a sign for season five. So, and that was your five. Yes. My five for Norman Carcetti's eight, by far. That's your favorite? Oh, this season, yeah. He's amazing. He's amazing. You just like that's my favorite. You just see the twinkle in your eye. <laughs> I should have a twinkle in my eye. He's my favorite. Like my favorite. He's funny. He's comic relief to me, but he he ain't putting a candle to Michael. I mean, he's one of them people like you like he just he see all he see the whole scene, right? Like you can see why he is what he is, a political advisor. Like he's he he gave Carchetti the black point of view while saying while being strategic with it too, right? How do how to weaponize it, right? You know what I'm saying? So, like, he, he was the secret to why Carcady won. He's number one. Number two is Chris. Like, I really like Chris. Number three. I mean, Chris is my number two, so. Number three is probably, I'm going to say, the whole clique of kids. Number four is Omar. Number five is Bunny. I'm just. Number four is Omar. Number five is Bunny. Like, I got to say the kids as a click. I can't break them out. Even though my favorite out of the kids, if I had to rank the kids, would be Michael, Randy, Duke, and Naaman. Naaman last. Hmm. So, that's it. Okay. Thank you. Scale of 1 to 10. This season's a 10 for you, right? Season's <laughs> a 8.8 for me. Thank you guys for listening. This has been DigitalDarren.com. This has been season 4. Well, hold on. I do have to warn you that most people say season 5 is the worst and then season two. Worse Those than season two. two? They're very hand in hand. Let me ask you this. Does season five have street stuff in it? Yeah. Way more street stuff than season two. Yeah. We're going to be all right then. DigitalDarren.com. Thank you guys for listening. Make sure to tell a friend, to tell a friend, to tell a friend, to tell a friend. <laughs>